Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Welcome to the SG Engage podcast. This is Rachel Hutchison, and I have the honor and pleasure of leading global social responsibility at Blackboard. And today joining me on the podcast is Ben Sampson, who is the co-founder of We Hero. Welcome, Ben. Rachel, great to be here. So we are here today because you and I kind of intersected in our travels in social good, and we both care a whole lot about what volunteerism is going to look like in this increasingly virtual world. So let's just dive in. So let's start by having you tell, a, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about We Hero. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, just a little bit about myself, and I won't go into too much detail, but um, I just have a background in uh, building companies as well as just volunteering. I was um, volunteering doing uh, education in Peru, actually. Um, I was in the Andes Mountain Range going village to village, and these villages were like 1,000 to 2,000 people and you know, would spend a lot of time there doing economic development and education. And an example of economic development in these areas is you know, we'd go to a village that they were really good at making cheese, for example, and our job was to understand how we could package that cheese, ship it to a city like Huancaya, which is a million people close by, to help support that local economy. And so that was my my background in volunteering and something that I loved and held close to my heart. And um, worked at a couple different companies and uh, found out that there's this thing called CSR, or what it stands for, Corporate Social <laughs> Responsibility. And I was like, that sounds like a really cool job. I love that. And so I just would start meeting with people and you know, over time realized that people were struggling with executing volunteer programs. And, and more specifically, they were, they were having a, a rough time executing volunteer programs that truly made an impact. They weren't considered busy work, which I think was a lot of the trap we, we fall into sometimes. And then also just that could scale with the size of their company. I think, you know, I was meeting with CSR leaders where, you know, they're running multinational, you know, CSR divisions. And so um, I decided I would take some free time in my evenings and take a stab at that. And fast forward, we here today, what we do is we build and execute volunteer programs for companies. Well, these are hands-on volunteer experiences, hybrid volunteer experiences, purely virtual volunteer experiences. And we really act as an extension of CSR teams to execute those volunteer programs that they have or that we've designed for them and to make sure that we reach their employee engagement goals. And so happy to dive in to any piece of that, Rachel, but to give people just a, a quick summary of where I come from and um, what We Hero does. Yeah, so th- I think that's awesome. Um, we now have something else in common, which is a love for cheese. Uh, it would be <laughs> great like when someone says, so how did you begin your career? Well, it all began with cheese in Peru. That's a great yes. thing. <laughs> but anyway, seriously, um, that's really terrific. And, you know, I lead a, a social responsibility team and work in this world. And, and things are changing around us, you know, all the time. And now, particularly with the pandemic, things are really changing. The workforce is very different. Um, it's likely never to shift back to whatever the way it was pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic actually even means. Mm-hmm. You know, we all went virtual pretty much overnight, what, almost 18 months ago, maybe more than 18 months ago. And things have changed. Like some of that is stuck and many people won't go back into a uh, office building or, or, you know, get in their cars to go to work anymore. And 
And while that's really wonderful and flexible, it creates this this shift in how companies and organizations engage people in service. Um, It makes us all think really differently. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think it's interesting about you is that because you're you're doing this work at WeHero mm-hmm. across lots of different companies, it kind of gives you this vantage point to share with us kind of what are you seeing across the spectrum and what trends are out there. So that's really what I would love to, to talk with you about today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to jump in into a couple different areas, but I think you're so spot on, Rachel, that you know, so much has changed and volunteering has become really challenging. We used to all be in one location. <laughs> we used to all be able to get together in office or out of office to do volunteering. And that's really been flipped on its head. And I think companies are really trying to figure out, you know, when are we going back into the office? You know, if we're going back into the office, what does a hybrid environment really look like? And, you know, when we survey employees, I think what we have to understand is workers are going to come out of this really wanting agency in how and where they work. Um, but also that ability to still connect meaningfully with people. And so I think, you know, the big picture is companies are truly working to expand the meaning of volunteering and understanding what experiences are we going to curate for employees and which experiences are going to be uncurated for employees in the sense that we're going to support them to go out and volunteer, but what does that look like in today's day and age? I think, you know, Rachel, you and I had a conversation too last week just about how volunteering changes in the sense of like acts of good, can be considered mm-hmm. volunteering for a number of companies now. And so I think just that expanding view of what volunteering is and what it does for the people that are actually volunteering, but the people on the receiving end as well, I think something that's really being considered. And what's coming out of that and what's coming out of these conversations with companies is some tactical areas that are starting to grow substantially. Skills-based volunteering is one of those areas that's growing quite a bit. It grew a lot in 2020. We're we're planning on it growing a lot in 2021. We get those final numbers in, and we expect it to keep growing in 2022. Now, many companies that weren't doing skills-based volunteering, they started doing skills-based volunteering because it could be done virtually, largely. And so as companies needed to look for virtual opportunities to give back, skills-based was one of those areas that came in. Now, the way that skills-based is being done is continuing to expand as well. You have these very, I would call micro projects that can be done now, sometimes 30 minutes to an hour, and you're seeing some platforms like Taproot and others really capitalize on that. And then you're seeing these large form, highly intensive skills-based programs that sometimes run three to four months. And you're seeing huge impact come out of that. And I think companies are getting more and more excited about how do we actually use talent to do this. We've uh, been working with a company called Norton LifeLock, and for those that don't know, they, they do cybersecurity. I think a lot of us in our personal devices, we might use Norton LifeLock. But what's amazing is to take a, a talent group like that that's so focused on cybersecurity and help protecting people, many of whom are getting online for the very first time. That creates a powerful story for the brand. It creates a powerful story from the employees that are working there and just how they're using those tools and their know-how to support people. So I think you're seeing a lot of growth there just in skills-based. Yeah, you've said so much already that that I'm, I completely agree with. You know, the first being that the way we're even defining what volunteerism is mm-hmm. is shifting, and I know I've seen that in my own um, organization at Blackwood. We, you know, we're in a pandemic. People, ninety-two percent of our people volunteer. They really care about giving back. It's a part of their identities, and here we all are working at home. But that desire to give back and help doesn't go away. 
And so they want uh, to help their neighbor. They want to go shopping for the 90-year-old who lives next door. They want to do things that are good for their community. But particularly in the early days of the pandemic, we had to do those things solo. Mm -hmm. And and so we said acts of service, individual acts of service to another person do count as volunteerism for us. It's not just to a nonprofit now or registered charity. So that counts. And and self-led things count. You know, so we'll have opportunities where you can pick from a curated set of options we've given you, or you can say, no, I want to do this on my own because why not? We just want you to be an agent of good. And we're having to get more creative and kind of just frankly more open about what that means. Um, And then the skills-based, you know, one of the trends that was happening just more broadly was, you know, digital transformation, you know, speed it up. Like all of a sudden people had tools in front of them you know, for years, technology tools that they could have used to serve and engage, but that always was a, no, 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 I can't do that online. I have to do that in person. And all of a sudden when we couldn't do, you know, go in person, it was like, oh, I'm going to get over that hurdle. So we saw that with lots of of nonprofits, lots of organizations, just embracing some of the tools they already had and getting over their own kind of internal barrier that said, no, 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 that's something you do in person. And I I agree with you that skills-based has really um, benefited from that, but we're still wrapping our head around how do you get the nonprofits to understand the skills that a people in a company can offer and how you match them. I know you mentioned Taproot, there's Common Impact, there's lots of different organizations that help with that, but also companies are just trying to think about that. So I think these are incredible insights. So what about when we spoke before, you talked about three trends, you know, the non-traditional volunteerism experiences, and I would love for you to touch on Mm -hmm. that. Um, skills base, which you've talked about a little bit, and then also the the global landscape and how that's shifting. So tell us a little more. Yeah, let's go into the global piece because I think that's really interesting. I think one thing that we've noticed, you know, pre-pandemic is that there was a lot of siloed volunteering in the sense of teams would volunteer together, um, divisions of companies would volunteer together, DE and I groups would volunteer together, but you weren't seeing a lot of employees coming together from different teams in different countries, frankly, to volunteer around a common cause. And one of the things that the pandemic did is we went to this world of virtual volunteering very quickly. And companies are really trying to figure out what that happened. And there are definitely some some significant cons to the virtual volunteering piece. You know, one of the big ones being, it's hard, you know, doing team building and being immersed in an experience one, it's virtual and we're not in person. But one of the big pros that we noticed is that we saw people from different countries, different cultures, connecting over a common cause and volunteering. And I think companies saw a lot of power in that. I think what we also noticed is that in some companies, employee engagement numbers went up. Um, it became easier to volunteer. And so what we're noticing is that companies are going, wow, this is really special. We are connecting people sometimes for the very first time on a global scale. How can we expand on that? And so you're looking at companies that are doing a few things in the sense of they're looking to implement new programs and new investments to expand that virtual volunteering. They're also making investments in regards to how hybrid engagements can continue. Again, we don't know when folks are going to be back in the office, who's going to be back in the office, or for how long. Maybe they're there for two days in, three days out. We just don't know. So having a hybrid environment is really, really key. Because again, we know, you know, it doesn't we don't know the timing, but we know that workers are going to want agency in how and where they work. And so this global investment of virtual volunteering has been really exciting. And you're seeing a number of companies that are supporting CSR teams are doing this as well. And I think that's exciting as well, just creating a lot of different opportunities that can scale. 
And I think that's really impressive to see right now. It's something that gets me very excited for next year. The last piece that I think gets me the most excited is just a new form of volunteering. You know, Rachel, we're talking about volunteering is changing. And one of the things I'm noticing is that we're seeing these experiences come out that are very focused on immersion and they're mm-hmm. very empathetic experiences. Um, they're almost storytelling. I almost feel like it's not so much about making an impact. It's about understanding the people that are in certain situations and understanding how we can impact them in the long term, not the short term. Um, so are you talking about so kind of volunteerism as a way, as, as really as education, like having someone feel I'm volunteering, I'm serving, but really your end goal is to open their minds to understanding the lived experience of other people. Yeah, I went through, um, I had a, 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 a bout of homelessness in my life and I, you know, had that single perspective, right, of like what homelessness looks like. I went through a poverty simulation recently to give you an example. And it's called virtual cope or the cost of poverty experience. And I went through a simulation of um, a woman that uh, is a single mom um, that has a child that's trying to go to college at the same time, also trying to work a part-time job to pay for that college career and also support her daughter. And um, that simulation was eye-opening to me in, in regards to just, you know, some of the challenges I wasn't aware of that she was dealing with. Um, some of the systems that I thought she would be able to get support from that she that weren't working as I thought they did. And that was eye-opening for me. It also gave me a path to how do I support people that are dealing with that through long-term impact, not like a short-term, like I'm going to pack like a food pack, for example. And I think you know what really struck me is that people love stories and they love storytelling. You know, when we hear a story that resonates with us, you know, our levels of a hormone called oxytocin, they just naturally increase. Um, and this hormone lifts our feelings like trust, compassion, and empathy. And I think the empathy piece is, is really important right now. You know, we have a big focus on a lot of asks from companies in regards to, hey, we have brand new diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. We're really trying to figure out, though, how that translates into actual action and improves our culture as a company as a whole. And I think volunteering is a really powerful way of doing this. I think of volunteering as a way is empathy in motion, if you will. We're actively coming together in a very safe place to participate, to learn, and understand what we can do in the long term to actually change this. Um, and so that's one thing, Rachel, that I get really excited about right now. And I've been talking a lot. You can probably tell I'm very excited about this. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, but happy to dive into any little pockets there, just something that we're noticing. Yeah. I mean, storytelling is hugely important to any cause-based organization to help, you know, potential supporters, to, you know, understand and, and storytelling is a path to empathy. Um, had a very interesting conversation with someone about that very thing recently. And I think it's interesting. A lot of people would not think of education as service, mm-hmm. but if you're not educated then this about the issue, then the service you do might not actually be that impactful. So it's like education toward the end of impactful service, um, which I think is kind of cool. So, and we had a, the global point is a really good one. You know, our company you know, has had various offices in different places and obviously, you know, going virtual overnight, which we did mm-hmm. kind of leveled the playing field that anybody working anywhere was connected through technology default access to conversations is a virtual link. And even though we have voluntary access to our buildings, we're still staying with that, that way of connecting with each other. And we always will, because some people are now fully remote. Some people will be flex and 
there are people all over the place. We're hiring people everywhere. So, you know, we had an event uh, that Common Impact help us, helped us with where we had people from 11 states and three countries in this cohort. And they were all meeting people who they'd never met before. And particularly now when you've got to have the link to the meeting to actually even have a connection with someone, how do you just meet someone randomly? There's no mm-hmm. like elevator conversation or walking in from the parking lot or just standing next to someone in a lunch line. So those kinds of opportunities actually put you in a cohort where there's some commonality because you're all employees of a company, but you you might not know anything about those other people. And it doesn't matter what their role is, which I also think is a great leveler, you know, mm-hmm. what their rank is, what their role is, you know, you're just people showing up to help. So I think it's going to be a very important, uh, increasingly important piece of what I consider a portfolio approach, because I also really do hope that, um, you know, as it gets safer to go back to work, that we embrace those opportunities when we can be together to also have that piece in the portfolio. And I think that I love that word portfolio. That's so critical, right? Because, you know, we're trying to understand how we're going to reach our volunteering goals, but we also have to understand that we have to refresh and make sure that these volunteer opportunities are new and different all the time, especially for employees that have been volunteering with the company for eight, 10 plus years. And so, you know, I have run into some employees that have gone, I didn't participate in this because I did it last year, or, you know, I just did something like this last quarter even. And I think, you know, I bring up like the immersive piece and these new ways of volunteering because companies are really trying to think about how do we keep these fresh? How do we keep our portfolio new so that people are excited to come back? They're excited to learn something new. They're excited to create impact in a different way. Um, so I think having that portfolio and, and making sure that your volunteer program is flexible, especially with the dynamic changes that we're seeing year over year right now, is really key to success to making sure that the goals are being reached. So you mentioned one example already. Do you have another one you want to lift up of a company that you think is just doing interesting things? I think a company that does a really good job to that portfolio piece, Rachel, is Adobe. Um, you know, and I have a couple of others, but I'll use Adobe as one example Adobe does a really good job building a portfolio of numerous different kinds of volunteer opportunities. And they also create a bunch of structured volunteer opportunities and unstructured. I mean by structures, they have big events and programs that employees can come and partake in around core causes that Adobe really feels are powerful and important. But they also create toolkits and ways for employees to volunteer and give back in their local areas that can be measured and that can be supported as well. And I think you, what I like about Adobe is they have a really good mix of hybrid volunteer experiences, a mix of in-office and remote as their offices slowly start to open up. They have a mix of global volunteer opportunities. But I think what Adobe does really well with their portfolio is they have you know two to three really core cause areas for that CSR team and for that brand. And they make sure that everything they surface and support and the opportunities that they provide to employees really align with one of those cause areas. And I think what's beautiful about that is, is some companies, we see them rowing in a hundred different directions. You know, they're supporting a hundred different causes in a hundred different ways. And I, I think what's powerful about Adobe and you, when you read their impact report is just, they have a lot of employees doing a bunch of different things, but are all coming back to supporting the same core cause areas, those same sustainable development goals that they've supported for a long time. Um, and you're seeing big results and big impact as a result because they're all working towards a collective goal. 
And they've done a good job with the executive team messaging that to all the employees and they have really good executive buy-in. And so there's a lot I can surface there. Um, but I do think Adobe is a really good example for folks that you know want to take a look at a company that I think is doing a really good job right now with their volunteer program. Yeah, I, we've also looked at them, um, looked at their reporting, their sustainability and social impact reporting, and you know we're growing our reporting practice, and it's great to look at companies like Adobe to see what they do and how they do it, and see what we can learn from it. And they're definitely one of those ones that we look at. So throughout this conversation, we have talked really about the idea of educating people about causes and about impact and about just just being more mindful about what your service can lead to. Um, so you have some things, I think, that would help each one of us kind of use our own skills, um, uh, ramp our own skills as CSR professionals. So tell us a little bit about what those resources are. Yeah, I think one of the big things that we're trying to do is uh, to your point, Rachel, just educate people. I mean, so much is changing so quickly. Uh, we just want to make sure that if people have a will to volunteer and create a powerful program, that um, we can support them with professionals and expertise and content that can that can help them through that journey. So we built out something called the We Hero Learning Center. Um, it's a series of videos, interviews with nonprofits, interviews with CSR professionals, interviews with just people here at the We Hero team. Um, about different areas and practices for volunteering and how it's dynamically changing right now. Um, we also have in that learning center a number of write-ups and articles um, with just very tactical advice, um, partners and platforms that we can recommend, and just tools that people can use to make sure that they can do everything they can to reach those goals. And um, that's something we're really trying to curate right now to help as many people as possible in this very dynamic environment. Yeah, absolutely. But that's great. I mean, it's great to just share wisdom and, you know, we're all on this journey and we're all dealing with similar forces, but, you know, they have different impact on us depending on how big our organizations are, where we are in that journey. So um, those resources are really important. So before we close, can you tell our SG Engage podcast listeners where they might go to find those resources and learn more? Yep. Our website, you'll see in the top nav, the learn link. It's just wehero.co forward slash learn. Or if you Google we Hero learn, it'll come up. Um, you can also find we Hero on LinkedIn and we post a lot of those pieces as we release them. Um, we just finished uh, um, an interview with Natalie Colvin, who's done a number of sustainability consulting projects for a lot of apparel companies, for example. And so that was just released and we're trying to educate people about sustainability programs and what's working and what's not working right now. And so, um, again, our website, wehero.co forward slash learn, or if you follow us on LinkedIn, you'll get the updates as those come out. Yeah, LinkedIn is a great um, community, has a really broad community of CSR and social good people. Found there's a lot of richness out there for our listening audience if they're interested in, in chiming in. So, Ben, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been an interesting chat. We could probably talk for hours about this. <laughs> well, over cheese, too, especially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be really good. I really, yeah. I try not to eat too much of it, but I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's funny. Your your career began with cheese. Um, it's yep. going to be your headline in my mind from now on. I'm so, going to go update um, my LinkedIn tagline right now. <laughs> guy who started in the cheese world, in the yep. Peruvian cheese world. Um well, thank you again for being with us. It's been a real pleasure. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. This is it's wonderful being with people that you know are, are so focused on making it easy to create social good. And I think just a special part about this industry. So Rachel, thank you so much for having me here. You are welcome. And to our SG Engage listening audience, thanks again for joining us. I hope you'll 
check out our other SG Engage episodes um, wherever you get your podcasts. And this is Rachel Hutchison signing out. Thank <laughs> you.